0: Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at grillnationshow.com. Welcome, your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go, even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill.
1: Hello, and welcome to Grill Nation here on KMBZ at 980 a.m. I am your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us today. As always, I appreciate it. It's going to be an awesome show today, and I'm very excited to have you listening on. Line on iTunes or via the radio today. I want to quickly thank our partners and supporters before I introduce our two awesome guests that we're going to have on the show today. Uh, title sponsors of the Grill Nation Show are Trust, Mobank, BOK Financial, and Two West Companies. And Ryan Rink, contributors to the Grill Nation Show and on-air guest host, are Ryan Maybe from the Rieger and Jay Rieger Co., One Light Luxury Apartments, as well. Thank them all for being partners and supporters. You can check out their websites and get more information about them at grillnationshow.com. On today's show, we are going to start out with Andrew Cameron, who's the owner and founder of Donatology, a awesome donut shop here in the Kansas City area. I'm looking forward to him telling us more about that. And, uh, I'm hopeful and actually I'm seeing right now that he has brought in, uh, at least uh let's see here at least 24 different types of uh, of donuts and they are amazing and I can't wait to share these with uh everyone in the office and with our other guests today after uh, Andrew we're going to have on Matt Druton, who's the managing director and fact, co-founder of Edison Spaces it's a, a really cool space uh, offices down in uh, Overland Park private, fully furnished team offices with monthly rental rates. Each office is driven by industry leading technology and includes business class amenities. Their website is edisonspaces.com. Uh, Matt is also the president or former president and CFO of Freight a company that sold uh, a few years ago for over $300 million. So we're going to talk about entrepreneurship. His journey and also get into the why Edison Spaces is unique, and there's nothing like it here in the Kansas City area. So he'll be joining us uh, in segments three and four today after we talk now to Andrew Cameron, who is the founder of Donatology. Uh he's also been the owner of other donut shops here in Kansas City. Is that correct, Andrew?
0: Yeah, I own six daylight donuts as well.
1: Six Daylight Donuts as well. Welcome to the show, Andrew Cameron from Donatology. How are you today, sir?
0: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. It's
1: great to have you on the show. Uh first off, let's uh, talk about your background. Um you know, how did you get into this? Where'd you grow up at? Are you I, I noticed you're a uh Creighton alum as well.
0: Yeah, I'm Kansas Kansas City born and
1: raised, nice. uh,
0: then ventured up to Omaha for school. Nice Jesuit University. I, I went to St.
1: Louis University myself. Oh, right on. So similar kind of great basketball schools, cool inner-city campuses, the whole nine yards, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, I originally went up there to be a doctor, and here I am doing donuts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> really? Really, yeah. So you grew up here in the Kansas City area, went to college there, and then what the heck happened after college? You did not yeah, become a doctor.
0: Throughout summer camp, I, uh or throughout uh, college, I worked at a summer camp, and we... I uh, got donuts all the time. I just love donuts. I had never cooked a donut in my life mm-hmm. before I opened my donut shop. But after school, I uh, wanted to go into business for myself. So I'm like, you know, it'd be really fun to start a donut shop. This was when you
1: were pretty young then?
0: Right out of college. Really? And that
1: that's that's unique, right? I mean, nobody's nobody usually, at least probably back when we were getting out of college, was like, I'm going to start my own company. I mean, it just doesn't, didn't happen back then. You went to work for a big company or you went to grad school at that point, right?
0: Yeah. Entrepreneurship is a big deal to my generation and the generation after me. It's bigger than ever, really.
1: Mm-hmm. So, okay. So tell us about your first venture. So you, you owned, um, daylight donuts of Kansas city. What you tell me about that six of them, correct?
0: Correct. And it, uh, just culminated, and I had never cooked a donut in my life. I love donuts. I'm going to open a donut shop, and we opened our first store in Leavenworth, Kansas, and it went really well. So we just kept going. And but going. was this a was it a typical donut shop, or was
1: it a? It's definitely not what you're doing now, correct? It, that wasn't.
0: Yeah, it's more like a traditional donut shop. I mean, mm-hmm. we did build it in an old house, and then our next one in Lansing was in a old car wash. You literally drive your car through our. Our donut shop and, and point in the window, uh, what donuts you'd like. That's pretty innovative. Yeah. And then, uh, maybe that,
1: maybe that, <laughs> maybe that'll catch on at some point that an old car wash that you pointed into windows when you drove through. What a, what a, that I've never heard of anything like that. That's unique.
0: Yeah. I'm huge on experience and, yeah. um, our the store was in an old bank. So, I mean, we try and, and do things that are a little different. That's always kind of been in our DNA.
1: hmm. What it, it, so when you did this, I mean, it, it, this was early 2010 ish, 11 ish, when you started kind of owning all of these. What was the, what was the market like then? I mean, because you have your big donut shops, right, that are international, national franchises. Um, what was it like? I mean, I feel like donut stores still are kind of local.
0: Yeah. I mean, we've seen since our inception the market change for donuts. Um, Back then, you know, the only players you really knew were Krispy Kreme and Dunkin' Donuts and whatever frozen donuts you found at your grocery store. Um, but starting in 2013, 14, uh, the craft donut took a kind of a rise.
1: Mm-hmm. And why is that? Because it seems to me that the healthy, uh, food world is, is growing. We're seeing fast food restaurants have many healthy options. Why is it that donuts of, of all things kind of became more popular? Obviously I though. mean, you kind of, you kind of grabbed onto a market that, you know, for all intents and purposes could have been dying with, I mean, I remember when bagels became big when I was in college. Bagels were the healthiest thing you could eat, right? Carbs, <laughs> sure. Bagels, cream cheese, let's do it. Uh, and then that's, uh, that kind of took a little fall here with this health conscious non-carb movement. How the heck do donuts uh, continue to grow?
0: Yeah, it's really interesting. Obviously, we look at the the health market, and the the interesting about the donut industry is that it's never gone down, despite all the health crazes. It's actually continuously grown for over a century. It's not crazy spikes of growth, but it's it's a constant uphill uh, growth trajectory. So, um, you know, we we've never really had to deal with any downturns, even um when the economy's not doing so hot, um most people can still afford a ninety-nine cent donut. Mm-hmm. Andrew Cameron is our guest,
1: founder of Donatology and owner of six daylight donuts here in the Kansas City area, joining me today on Grill Nation Show. Before we get into kind of everything about Donatology, we'll do that in our next segment. We'll take you through some of these donuts and, and some of the unique things you've done with some local companies. Uh, and it's again it's about experience. Tell us when you decided to do this and make that move uh, to uh, fancy fancy donuts, and how how did that all come about for you, and why did you decide to do that when you already had six other promising uh, locations?
0: Yeah, we were looking at the market. We loved the craft donut experience, and the problem with the traditional donut shops is once you ran out of donuts, you were out. So as this happened for the millionth time one day, and the customers get really angry when you run out of their favorite donuts, I decided, you know what? I'm going to make a donut shop that stays open all day long and never runs out of donuts. And it's going to be an amazing interactive experience. And that's how Donatology was born.
1: Mm-hmm. Donatology's website is donatology.com. Uh, they have their menu, their story and their press on the website. Andrew Cameron is with me. Uh, Andrew, on your next segment, I want to talk about that experience and your local partnerships and, you know, kind of your location, the why and, and hopefully draw some entrepreneurial advice from you. Uh, And also talk about an award that you recently received uh, with a global competition here, if you would. Uh, After the break on Grill Nation, more with Andrew Cameron, founder of Donatology. Mm -hmm. Hello and welcome back to the Grill Nation Show. I'm your host, Jason Grill, with you again today on 980 AM KMBZ, as well as those listening on iTunes uh, via podcast and all those that listen online via grillnationshow.com. been a fun show so far. I've uh, We have Andrew Cameron, who's the founder of Donatology, also owns six Daylight Donuts here in Kansas City, a young entrepreneur who is uh, having a lot of success with donuts in his life. Right out of college, got on that donut train, and it's uh, very successful He's brought in a lot of samples for us today that me and JP, the the producer of the show and board op, have tried. A few of them. I have just tried the PB2 peanut butter icing Reese's chocolate drizzle. Uh, also on on tap today, I'm just going through these, Andrew, so we can kind of give people a flavor of what you have in your mini cake donuts. You have a sweet bacon of mine, a, a fruit puff, which has Fruity Pebbles on it. I'll have that later. haven't had Fruity Pebbles for quite a while. Uh, you have schmores, lemon meringue, all kinds of chocolate varieties, a Boston cream donut. Uh, cook, uh, Oreo, cookie crumb donut. I mean, you got it all, don't you? You let people
0: do whatever they want, but these are kind of your staples. Yeah, those are the uh, top 12 donuts, basically, and you can do up to 40,000 different combinations with all the different toppings and ingredients we have.
1: So kids must love this. They come in here, they can, they can get their favorite mini donuts, and you can try a lot of everything, right? You can get a, a case to go with like six
0: or seven different kinds, and it's pretty innovative, right? It's yeah. not just your
1: typical glazed donut here.
0: Yeah, I mean, kids love it, but we see just as many adults. Actually, our, our top customer set are between 25 to 35 years old, 34. And that Fruity Pebble donut you mentioned is our top-selling adult donut. Is it? I well, think there's some nostalgia going on there.
1: I will definitely be trying that. I'm going to try every one of these at some point today. Um, you, uh, you're located in Westport, is that correct?
0: Yes. Okay,
1: yes. so so tell us about that decision because you mentioned your other locations before you started Donatology. were in more suburban areas, obviously catering to a lot of families. Uh, why Westport and why your location you have today? Westport, For the first Donatology.
0: Yes, okay. absolutely. The Westport was the perfect place to try something out of the ordinary. Um, it's more of an eclectic mashup of culture and ages and different types of Walks of life, and it just made sense to do that in in Westport. This was more of an experiment for us, and it, it turned out really well. And also, the building we're in is an Art Deco building built in the '40s, and we're the second tenant in that building. So it it had been a dry cleaner for over seventy years, and then we uh, they got bought out, and we took over the space. We love the building. You have a drive-through too, so we do but the city uh doesn't not oh, like we the intersection get into the, yeah, yeah yeah so it's uh it's a walk up window right now
1: oh cool uh the intersection is aggressive
0: that's that's for sure that's a nice way to put yeah. it <laughs> we're talking about that intersection between
1: uh old westport uh going down to southwest trafficway or south i don't know what the yep. name of the street. southwest trafficway down to the plaza you've all been through it before uh donatology's right around there so if you get frustrated with traffic just pull in there and get some of these amazing donuts uh that Andrew and his team make there it's a delicious experiment founded and handmade here in Kansas City Donatology you guys also have uh you've done a lot of marketing with local companies you you have like your own line i've noticed you're wearing some uh school of socks or as you would like to for, formerly known as sock 101 uh great company great company uh socks uh that we that the company made for y'all we do a lot of custom work and you know i need to get my hands on a pair of those i haven't even had it. Trying those on you, but they look great. You also, thank you. You also have worked with companies such as the roastery Chateau Milk, and Charlie Hustle. You also have built, uh, you know, you know, you have the Sock 101 socks, you have the Donatology shirts, you have the Charlie Hustle shirts, you have drink wear mugs. Why are you doing all this? I mean, is there a market for uh, donut products out there besides what you can eat?
0: Yeah. The, uh, the donut merchandise line is surprisingly robust. And basically, though, I want to touch on the local because that's huge for me. I'm from Kansas City, and I firmly believe in keeping as much of our dollars in town as possible. have a a ton of pride for my city, and partnering with these local companies has been a tremendous asset for us because so many of our customers also believe in our town. Obviously, a little bit of of that was spurred on with the the Royals and, Mm -hmm. and, and creating that civic pride. Um, but people love Kansas City and, and so do we. So that's been huge, you
1: know, for companies like yours, Boulevard, Charlie Hustles, Sock 101s of the world. Um, obviously that all those companies hit a, hit a, uh, crescendo, I guess, with e-commerce, at least during the World Series runs. Um, uh, but since then, you know, it, it's good to hear that it's still robust because. You know that's kind of faded a little bit and, and you you're trying to do innovative things over at Donatology and it's cool that your uh T shirts are selling like crazy in your socks. uh um, me off wear, I mean, did you ever imagine you'd sell so many T shirts, the KC Hart t shirt with the donut uh sprinkles on it?
0: I had no idea. This was more initially of a afterthought, hey, let's get some cool t shirts in. <clears throat> but in the end we've we've sold thousands of these and people just have really latched on to our unique brand and the fun we have and the love that we give to our town.
1: What uh, what does the future look like for Donutology before we kind of get into some entrepreneurial wisdom? I mean, are you guys looking to expand? You have a great location here in Kansas City. Uh, what's that look like? Because I know that this industry, you're not the only player. I mean, the competition has grown in the uh, higher end, make your own donut, put whatever you want on a category, if you will.
0: Competition is certainly growing as people have witnessed the success that we've had and others and we have we have big plans for donutology uh in the in the beginning it just sparked you know a conversation an experiment um but then we had our customers clamoring for more and they we would constantly get requests hey can we take one to omaha to st louis to florida uh we really like what you're doing and your donuts taste great So we'll see what the future holds for us. Speaking of which,
1: uh, Andrew Cameron is our guest, founder of Donatology. Not only do you have donuts, you also have a lot of different coffees, uh, milkshakes, uh, all kinds of different things you can get at Donatology. You also have this thing that I want to talk about, which I am going to definitely try this summer, which is these ice cream cone. Uh twisted dough filled with soft ice cream swirls, the donato, is that what it's called?
0: Yeah, or donato, like a tornado. Okay, a donato. So
1: you're you're getting all these these trademark things that are so cool. The donato and that looks delicious. Uh so you're more than just donuts. So if if it's a hot summer day, someone can come in there and maybe it's in the afternoon or whatnot or late day, late morning and they don't want to have donuts, you can get anything really that's that looks delicious, such as ice cream or shakes or coffee or whatnot.
0: Yeah, we are big on innovation. Uh, that That's something that we constantly strive for every single day at Deontology. And the Donato was born out of that necessity for innovation. We saw that there was a Hungarian chimney cake that was spreading like wildfire across Europe. Basically, it's open aired fried dough. Um, so I called over to a manufacturer in Hungary and had them ship us one of these uh, dough grills. And we're like, well, we can put our donut dough on that as a cone. And so we wrapped it up and, um, it's our glazed donut dough, coat it with cinnamon sugar, fill it with ice cream and whatever donut toppings you want. And it looks like a tornado. So it's the donato.
1: It looks good. I'm going to try that. Uh, so what, what, what does your schedule look like? Are you on site a lot? Or are you traveling? Or are you, what are you doing here? Because you,
0: you've, got a lot of different things going on yeah so, the so ske- if i
1: come to Donatology, can i can i hang out with the man the myth the legend
0: i'm there a lot um <laughs> absolutely the uh, schedule though of an entrepreneur is a bit erratic mm-hmm. and sometimes uh to the downfall <laughs> with uh in regards to sleep and spending time with your family it's very tough um but yeah i spend a lot of time on site and i am all over kansas city repping donuts and having fun and you get along with a lot of the
1: other donut folks in town.
0: Yeah, you know, all the local people. People always shops. think people hate each other in different
1: industries that are competitive, but you you get along.
0: Yeah, we're all friends. That's I mean, good. we're all in this to, to have fun and, you know, make people happy. So I love we're it. happy with each other.
1: Andrew Cameron is with me here on Grill Nation. Uh, I want to talk to you about this really cool thing you did, the Next Gen Franchising, a global competition. Uh 900 applicants from around the world, and you were chosen as one of the top four millennial entrepreneurs to receive investment to grow your business. Tell us about that experience because uh, I did read the press release, and this was in February, and uh, uh, Damon John, is that correct, was there, uh, and he's one of the ABC Shark Tank folks.
0: Yeah, we uh, entered this contest a bit on a whim, and they ended up loving Donatology, so they, they flew me down to Phoenix to present at the International Franchise Convention. So um, I presented on stage to 4,000 uh people in the audience. Damon John was one of the judges, the founder of Edible Arrangements, and the founder of Anytime Fitness. And we ended up placing second.
1: Really? How was that experience, man? in and, and- you were very close to first from what I understand.
0: Yeah. We, uh, we missed out on first by one vote <laughs> out of the thousands cast. It was. That's like a,
1: that's a, that's a recount situation. If you're in the politics, absolutely. World, it, it was
0: heartbreaking <laughs> to say the least, but at, at the same time, it was extremely exhilarating. And it was amazing to see the love that we got, uh, for our business outside of Kansas City.
1: You've grown this, uh, pretty organically. It sounds like too. I mean, you've got some investment here, uh, from this competition, which is really cool. And you obviously meeting those CEOs and leaders is probably a neat experience, but you've you've been growing uh pretty rapidly and, and pretty smart, it sounds like.
0: Yeah, it's been um, you know, I've been in the business now eight years, seven stores, um and it's just been it's been good. Um we haven't taken any outside investors, so I mean it's been yeah, completely organic. It's all about Reinvesting the money back into the company. Mm-hmm. And, you know, instead of trying to buy a bigger house or a vacation home somewhere, it, we just put it all back in.
1: That's great. That's great. Now you have the eyes and ears of these folks. And you mentioned, too, uh, potentially other states, franchises. I mean, all of this is on the table for the future. And so uh, we're rooting for you here, Andrew. And I appreciate you coming on the show today and bringing us all of these great donuts. And obviously, I'm going to come into the store and check it out donatology.com. They're located on. 1009 Westport Road in good old Kansas City, Missouri. Andrew, congrats on your success, and uh, I look forward to uh, talking to you again soon, my friend.
0: All right. Thanks so much.
1: Thanks for coming on the show. We'll be right back with more Grill Nation. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my when it, it drops. Ooh. Don't give up. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show here on KMBZ 980 AM. I appreciate you also joining us today on iTunes and via podcast as well as at grillnationshow.com. Connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. Really fun show so far today. I want to continue on uh, with a a really cool story and guest. I think that's going to be exciting for all of our listeners today. We have uh, Matt Drutton who is on the show he is the managing director and co-founder of Edison Spaces. Edison Spaces are private, fully furnished team offices with monthly rental terms. Each office is driven by indus- industry-leading technology and includes business class amenities. The website is EdisonSpaces.com. Uh, Matt also is the former president and CFO of FreightQuote as well as a uh, CPA back in his uh, his old days. Welcome to the show, Matt. How are you?
2: Oh, good. Thanks for having me.
1: It's good to have you. I uh have... Known about your story, but wanted to, and checked out your spaces the other day. So I was like, it'd be a great opportunity to have you on the show. For our listeners who, who don't know about your background, kind of take us through, uh, our local Kansas City. or Are you from somewhere else or how'd you get here, man? Uh,
2: Kansas City, Kansas, went to Ford High School. Oh, cool. Uh, went to the University of Kansas. Um, after, you know, I'm, I'm a Kansas City guy through and through. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my career path, ironically, is I lived, we lived in Kansas, moved to Dallas. Back to Kansas, moved to Maine, back to Kansas, moved to Charlotte, back to Kansas, and then wow. at probably thirty-five, I realized, ah, oh, this is where I actually want to be. So um, that, that's hard, a question. Parked and loaded here forever now. That,
1: that's a question that I always talk to people yeah. about: is is an entrepreneur or someone like yourself? You always have this tendency to say, you know, how do I level up? What's the next thing? Mm-hmm. You know, how do I do, do I go to the other cities? Do I meet people that are going to take my career to the next level? And a lot of times, people end up coming back to Kansas City. Because they they like it, or or they stay here, right? So you kind of did the back and forth, and probably realized this was the place for you.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's great for anybody, and personally, it was great for me. Just going out, living in another city, getting exposure you you, you get a feel for the vibe of the city, the attitude of the city, mm. the politics, the government. Um, you know, every city is so different. Uh, probably the closest city I ever lived to 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 Kansas City was Charlotte. Okay. But still big banking city, banking industry. You have mm-hmm. the coast. Um, but yeah, getting out there and living in a city is very different than a, a week vacation, uh, in a town.
1: Right. You, so. you get to see what the people are like mm-hmm. and, and see what, what your neighborhoods are like. Uh, you said you were a CPA. Yeah. Okay. Tell us about that. Uh, out, of, out of college, you did that? I went to University
2: of Kansas. We, mm-hmm. uh, became a CPA, went for local, went to work at local accounting firm, Deloitte and Touche. Mm. Um, spent about three years there. Great company, enjoyed the people, but I knew that um, being a CPA, performing audit and tax services, wasn't going to be uh, sustainable for my mind. Mm. So, so what'd I you do after on. that? How'd
1: you how'd you get into <clears throat> the next sector? I know you you worked at a a, a cooling technologies company for a while. Yeah, huh?
2: I, I eventually went to work for uh, what was formerly Marley Cooling Technologies in Kansas City. Okay, they were just acquired by a company called SPX out of Charlotte. Um, and SPX was on a very big acquisition spree. So I went to work for a company, and our goal was to buy everything we could around the world. So for about seven years, I spent um, at least a week or two, a month, whether it be in Europe or Asia or South Africa, um, looking to buy cooling tower, HVAC system, thermal-type companies. And uh, it, w- it was a great experience. We we, it was about a $300 million operation here in Overland Park when we started it and ultimately ended up with a $1.4 billion global company. Mm. Um, what was I, that experience like? Uh, you just, know, from a getting, again, kind of back to the city thing, yeah. getting exposure to other com- uh, countries. And it, it, that was amazing. Um, traveling nonstop for seven or eight years while you have young kids, uh, that'll take a toll on you. Um, you know, every week you're in a different, time zone and we get back to the U S or you're still in Europe or whatever. But yeah. um, you know, really going out and learning how different cultures do business, how, how, how they view business in the U S is very different than how they view business in Europe or in China. Mm-hmm. Um, how they view profits, how they view people. It, 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 it's night and day mm-hmm. and getting an understanding and working with Chinese companies, for example, when you when you're working in the US then with Chinese companies, you have a different appreciation for for how they operate and what their goals are.
1: Matt Druden is with us today on Grill Nation, uh managing director and co founder of Edison Spaces. Uh you did that for a handful of years, almost mm-hmm. ten years, then you uh you joined FreightQuote or you started FreightQuote, right?
2: No, I joined Frequit. You joined
1: FreightQuote. Yeah. okay. So it was in the process and that was around two thousand eleven.
2: Yeah, Frequit was founded in nineteen ninety nine by Tim Barton.
1: Okay. Tell us about that that change and, and what, what what that was like because I understand it was acquired in 2015, mm-hmm. correct?
2: Yep, I went there in 2011, um, joined it after a previous CFO had left. Uh, the, the biggest difference again,
1: you're using your CPA, yeah, financial I, I background. A CPA so, so that a CFO. helps. That helps. I um, mean, your, your your background helped there.
2: Yeah, we at the time when I went there, we were looking at possibly you know doing other acquisitions, possibly taking the company public, possibly selling the company. So having that broad background was which probably made me a good fit for the role. Mm -hmm. Um, When I got into the role, though, what was different was unlike any corporate role I'd ever had, whether with a CPA firm or or SPX, this was a very entrepreneurial environment Mm. where you would go to a management team meeting, and if someone said, hey, I got an idea, and someone else said, hey, I like that idea, you started executing on it an hour later. In corporate roles, sometimes I got an idea, you'll talk about that for three months, get an approval for two months. Then come up with a six-month plan to execute it. Mm-hmm. Um, Frequil was very entrepreneurial, technology-driven, industry-leading technology. And really, it was if someone had a better idea than what we were currently doing, we were we were on it five minutes later. Mm-hmm. And it was a very exciting, exciting company.
1: Mm-hmm. So that that uh that sold in uh, not very long ago. 2015. To a company yeah. in Edina, in Minnesota. Yes, yeah, which uh, the see, mayor of Edina and I are close. Okay, <laughs> he, I, I do a lot of work with Kaufman, and they, we have a mayor's conference, and I've gotten to know him, and he is very entrepreneurial, which is cool. So, I, my research for the show today, I saw that, and I was like, "Wow, that's the that's the first time I've seen Edina in a, a sentence that isn't involving the mayor." So that was kind of cool. It's so up in Minnesota, huh? So, yeah. you, so that that happened recently, or 2015 Two, is pretty early. Recent.
2: 2015, um, yeah. we sold the company. uh, Freight Quote was kind of an e-commerce, LTL, primarily a less-than-truckload freight broker mm-hmm. where, again, it was, a, it was a technology play. You could get online, look for a quote, get a waterfall listing of every quote, click a button, book your freight. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of consolidation going on in the freight industry. So C.H. Robinson, which is one of the larger freight freight companies and brokers in the world, um, $14, 15000000000 billion company out of Minneapolis, Mm-hmm. Uh, acquired Freight quote, and then that happened in yeah January 1st.
1: and then you moved on to the next exciting engagement i stayed there for, I stayed there for
2: about nine months, worked through the transition oh, yeah. helped kind of pull in well what was know? that
1: feeling like because I, i'm an entrepreneur and yeah. i've met talks to a lot of entrepreneurs and and that 's a tough thing is when you you sell your company or you are working for someone else mm-hmm. and just you 're not able to make the uh, the, the, the decisions anymore right uh, yeah. most of them it, it 's a great you, point yeah. and, and
2: it was the first time I was on that side of the table when i was at spx and we were acquiring companies we would go in acquire a company and say hey here's all the great things we're going to do mm-hmm. but you really do you, you you say you know here's here's our corporate environment here's how we're going to do things here's how we're going to to mesh you into our environment mm-hmm. from that perspective we were always doing the right thing for the company and that worked uh once we sold frequote we are a division of a 14 billion dollar company naturally they're going to want to Come in and incorporate Freight quote into uh the larger corporate strategy, so right. yeah, it was a very different uh day to day environment where we would like i said earlier we would come in someone would have a good idea and boom we're off and running now it's making sure your decisions line up with a, a greater good mm-hmm. and it, it it just it was a different environment going forward
1: mm-hmm. so but, you uh so you you had you learned a lot obviously in that industry and maybe Kind of caught more of that entrepreneurial yeah. bug as you would. Uh, and that, you know, I had, you had an intern deal there, uh, as another CFO kind of similar. And then you decided, uh, to co-found and, and manage the Edison spaces mm-hmm. in Kansas or in Overland Park. Um, tell us about what that transition was like and where, why you decided to do that. And then in the next segment, we'll get into kind of the nuts and bolts of Edison spaces.
2: Yeah. I mean, for, that was a, um, again go back to the finance cpa transitioning doing different things that was a totally new experience but it was kind of exhilarating it's it's literally sitting down in a room one day with a couple people and saying hey i got this idea okay what is it let's create this real estate edison spaces okay how are we going to do it we got a piece of paper out got a pencil out drew what we wanted to do how we wanted to do it and you know how we were going to furnish it took us a couple days to do it and then like okay let's do it but starting something from scratch, literally with a piece of paper and pencil, that's exciting, but it's scary. Mm-hmm. Are people going to want this product? Who knows? And it's really – that was probably my first true experience of, you know, okay, now now I am an entrepreneur. The corporate mm-hmm. stuff's behind me. It's a great background to have, and it'll, it'll serve us well as our team moves forward in business. But start, you know, sitting down and saying, we're going to do something that's not being done, Um like I said, exciting, exhilarating, but scary.
1: Okay. And, uh, we'll get into this more in the next segment, but the, your, uh, uh, founder or partner of Frequo, right? Tim Barton mm-hmm. is also involved with that. spaces. Yep.
2: yep. Tim is. So, so,
1: so how did that all work out?
2: Uh, after I, after I, you guys uh,
1: must have got along.
2: Yeah. We got, we got along great at, at FreightQuote, And, uh. and, you know, most, almost everything I've learned about entrepreneurship was working with Tim and some of the other members of FreightQuote. When I got to FreightQuote um, early on, Tim was always trying to launch a startup that would ultimately destroy FreightQuote. So for me, this mindset of trying to create a company to destroy your company—it probably took me a year to grasp why that made sense. But then you you start to learn. It's like, oh, if you don't create a disruptive product to disrupt yourself, someone else will, and then you're out of business. So it, we were launching new products, new startups you know, on a monthly or quarterly basis in freight quote. And just seeing that, seeing that environment, um, mm-hmm. really it, it rubs off on you. And then at some point you're like, that's, that, that's, that's a pretty incredible way to live doing your own thing and your own mind. To, I love uh, and it. Something. Yeah.
1: Matt Dritten is our guest on the show, uh, for the next segment. We'll be right back. He's the managing director of, co-founder and of Edison space. You're listening to real nation. I wonder- Welcome back to The Grill Nation Show, KMBZ 980 AM. Appreciate you joining us again today on the radio or via iTunes and podcast as well as at grillnationshow.com where I'll post photos of my guest today, Matt Druten from uh, Edison Spaces, co-founder and managing director. Matt, we were talking about kind of the entrepreneurial journey you've been on and business journey. Uh, Let's talk more about Edison spaces now um you mentioned kind of the why and you know the light bulb moment but you know tell us about what makes edison spaces unique because you you know I, personally i've seen a lot of co-working spaces mm-hmm. that have gotten kind of hot locally uh nationally obviously you have your big ones um talk to me about edison because you know there's something about that's unique right obviously you, you talked about being disruptive mm-hmm. so how are you all being disruptive in this industry
2: Well, I think, I think traditional commercial real estate has been doing things the same way forever. You go, you need a, you need an office lease. You sign three to five year lease. Uh, you have to spend money on tenant improvements. You have to do a personal guarantee and you know, I get shakes
1: when you start saying personal guarantee. Well, and
2: that's, that's what scares (laughs) a lot of people. And a lot of people don't know that they're putting their personal wealth on the line should, should their business fail. Um, in addition to the, the money they've invested in their business. But, um, Again, kind of going back to the post-freight quote world, there were several of us who were getting together, trying to come up with something to do, and we had three or four startups, and we were signing traditional three- to five-year leases for 600 square feet, 700 square feet. Uh You would sign a lease, and you would order some furniture from Nebraska Furniture Mart, and then you would call Time Warner Cable to try to get them out there. So, you know, maybe two months to sign a lease, maybe two months to get the furniture, and this is literally just worthless stuff you do to, to start your business, work on your idea. Sure. Um, we did I that. remember doing it. Well, I mean, it, I had an
1: office. I You know, you got to do all that stuff. Everybody it's, does it, and then you're yeah. guessing,
2: is this the right size office I need for the next five years? Mm-hmm. And if you have four people, you know, you could assume you're going to be eight when you could be two. You have two people, you could assume you're going to be four, then you're eight. So ultimately, you get a year into a space, and it's typically not ideal. Mm. Um, so Edison spaces came out of our literal frustration of, Having to do this three or four times in the space not been ideal, so we said, "What if we created team office spaces? So, um, and how how easy can we make this, and how can we create it with technology? Let's create a five hundred and a seven hundred and a nine hundred square foot office space. Let's fully furnish them. Let's give every office a private Wi Fi. Uh, we like couches and chairs and whiteboards. We're going to put couches, chairs, whiteboards in them. Uh, we want a refrigerator and a coffee machine. Let's put a refrigerator and coffee machine in it." So they're fully furnished, they're decorated nicely, they've got all the amenities, and you can go to edisonspaces.com, select an office, accept the terms and conditions, enter your payment method, and move in the next day. Hmm. So instead of this four- to six-month process of getting an office space, you you can be in there within literally one hour. We've had people stop in, sign up, and be working a couple hours later.
1: And I've actually, uh, had a meeting there the other day. It was yep. pretty cool. Very, you know, modern facilities. Yeah. Um, and you got great furnishings. You are located in Overland Park in the suburbs and a lot of your uh, competition that maybe is a little different. Um, they're more in the urban areas. Yep. You guys have chosen to kind of stand the suburban rings. Tell us about that decision. And I know it has well, a lot to do with parking too.
2: <coughs> well, it, initially we planned on being in the urban area. Okay. And we came up with this design and we're like, well, this is where all the startups are. This is where all the of course. Um, innovative people are. You've got to be in the crossroads or Westport or near the plaza. And it was, we, we had this light bulb moment in this meeting, where, which we were hosting out south in Johnson County. And I think of the five people in the meeting, four lived in Overland Park, one lived in Lee, Sum- Lee Summit. And then we realized, hey, if we had a choice, we'd prefer not to commute downtown or the crossroads. And if we had a choice, like the meeting we'd hosted, uh, that day we'd like to be able to park easily so we just said you know what it's being done down there there's a lot of density there's a lot of great groups um but this is an underserved market out in the suburban ring, in in overland park and and, and lee summit and shawnee and probably north kansas city there's just a lot of people who own small businesses startups that don't have a choice they have to commute mm-hmm. to, uh, or they the have process. to they have to go the
1: other way yeah which is which is the hard part. So we we try That's to create it where we think people So live. it really is kind of a, a different model, uh, which I think entrepreneurs don't always address. You know, everyone thinks they're trying to do something new, but, you know, it's always about the consumer. And you guys obviously have found figure that out because yeah. there isn't, you know, I mean, to be quite honest, I haven't heard much about any other, you know, places like this well, in, in then, Overland Park or in sure. York, North Kansas City. Uh, and again, those people want parking too. Yeah. So there you go.
2: The, the coworking is a very hot trend globally. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of national brands that are doing great. And, and coworking serves a, a, a specific need for, for certain people. We, we tried to use some coworking space. Um, for us personally, we found it a little too distracting. If we had three or four people, we wanted them in their own room talking to themselves versus sitting in a, in a broader environment. Uh, so do so you try- have
1: actual offices? This is, this is unique. Is it, yeah. you know, if I'm a lawyer and I want an office there. You know, so, the yeah. conference room, I've got, I've got everything I need.
2: Edison Spaces, um, the first location has 17 offices for teams of three to eight people, and then you share the conference room okay. and the break room. The new, new office we're opening is going to be larger with 44 offices, more conference rooms, private phone rooms. But again, we give you your space for your team, and then the shared amenities are also included in the price.
1: Matt Druden is with us from Edison Space. As you mentioned, a second location. You're already launching a new location, huh? Yep, yep. First one's Growth. full.
2: Yeah, so it's, it, you know, <laughs> luckily we came up with this idea. We needed it. We hoped other people needed it. We kind of use this, this catchphrase, you know, uh, by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Uh, the demand has been there, and we um, are doing our second one. Um, we'll probably do four or five of these in Kansas City as we start to expand these to other markets. As
1: yeah, well. that was my next question. Is this a, a local player you can expand outside of Kansas City if, uh once you get the capital we, to do that?
2: We want to st- establish our brand here, make sure we get it right. We've got great local uh resources, technology, and marketing people. And once we kind of, you know, we'll tweak our model at each location. Once we feel like we have it right, we'll start building them. And really going to these other t- cities, probably tier two cities, Staying in the suburban ring, we're not looking to go to Boston or L.A. or New York. Um, Really looking at the markets that we think the suburban ring is underserved.
1: So that's smart because I think the mid-tier cities are underserved. The Kansas cities, the Louisvilles, the Charlottes are kind of growing pretty quickly, Mm -hmm. I think. But uh, they don't have the – I mean, frankly, we've gotten some huge businesses that have moved down here in Kansas City. But for the most part – the second tier cities of salt lakes the mid tiers sure. they don't they don't have these types of places that yeah, are that are it, as that is unique and as upscale as what you guys are offering
2: and, and if you look at, at affordable costs if you look at the large metropolitan areas and you kind of you know leave boston new york la sh- chicago the, the whole world right now is focused on denver austin and nashville <laughs> um the, the amount of construction and development going into these cities is is insane well there are, there are literally 150 other cities out there that are therefore underserved. Mm-hmm. And I can promise you in each one of those cities, there are very creative people. They're small businesses. They're, whether they're mortgage brokers or you know whatever they are, they need office space, and they're looking for the right flexible option. And they, they don't have it where they're
1: at. EdisonSpaces.com is the website. Great uh, photos of, and videos of everything you have going on there as well as your furnishings. You've got about 45 seconds left. Matt I appreciate you coming on the show to any entrepreneurial wisdom you want to share our uh, with our with our listeners but, yeah, as you continue to grow another business
2: no I would, obviously i wasn 't born an entrepreneur I was converted <laughs> from uh, accounting and finance um, but you know like i said we we saw you know my experience we saw a need it wasn 't served we had this great idea we we went right after that niche market um, we 're glad we did but you know creating something from scratch it 's nerve wracking it 's exciting it 's fun and um, I I would recommend anybody who's got a great idea, give it a shot at least once in your life.
1: Yeah, give it it a shot and take that risk. Matt, I appreciate you coming on the show today. Thanks for all you do. Thanks for having me. Check out Edison Spaces at edisonspaces.com. We'll see you again next week on the show. Thanks for joining us. Have a great week. Talk to you soon.
0: Thanks.